Ian Smith is a Republican candidate for Congress in New Jersey's 3rd District. That now goes from Burlington into Western Monmouth and into Mercer County. Uh, You may know his name. He made national headlines in 2020 as an objector to Governor Phil Murphy's closure of businesses and mandates. Uh, Ian, how are you? Welcome. I'm very good. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, and thank you for coming on. I I know this this is probably... Two years ago, not what you expected to be running for the U.S. House of Representatives. What what made you decide to do this? Well, you know, over the past two years, we have been immersed in the world of politics. Um, I guess by default, just because of the stand that we took at Attilus and, and the things that ensued afterwards with Governor Murphy. And... You know, I, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people, and I've I've gotten really, really involved. I was always interested in politics, um, but this was a new level of things. And over the past two years, I've been thinking about the cultural issues that we face in American politics today, and the uh, the idea of a career politician, the idea that uh, more often than not, politicians find themselves uh, finding extreme wealth while in office. And uh, making these long-lasting careers and, and catapulting themselves into the upper echelons of society, I think, is a fundamental flaw in how we approach politics. And I think the solution to that is to change the culture by uplifting ordinary citizens and putting um, people back into politics. And I believe I am in a unusual position to mount a formidable run of a of a back-to-basics campaign where – Nobody's interested in getting wealthy and nobody's interested in making a career. I want to help my town. I want to help my county. I want to help my district. I want to help the state of New Jersey. I've been a lifelong resident here. And I want to bring that idea back to politics. So that is what inspired me to finally make the decision to take a shot at this. And, and Ian, I don't want to, I don't want to under, understate what, what happened in, in 2020. I mean, you are, you know, you were, you're a young businessman. You own a, a, a gym in Belmar. I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily a, you know, a fitness empire that you're, you're leading. It was a small business and you sure. defied Governor Murphy's mandates. I mean, you, you incurred I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. When, when you made that decision to do that, when you said, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to follow uh, Governor Murphy's executive orders. You know, you know, regardless of what it might cost you, it could have cost you your, you know, your your business. What what was going through your head? What made you decide to take that position? Well, my business partner Frank and I we're, we're two regular guys. We're, we don't have a fitness empire. We have one gym that we put our entire life savings into, and we worked extremely hard to make it work. We were living our own little slice of the American dream. And when somebody comes along and tells you that you're no longer allowed to go to work and provide an income for your family, um, we wanted to understand why. And once we started to look into A, the science, and B, the politics, we had a lot more questions than we were having answers. And that caused us to dig deeper and deeper. And and we really made this our full-time job. And um, it, it just didn't make sense. The public health policy was laughable at best. Uh, and we, we see this now two years out. And it was pretty obvious to us at the time, as long as we took the time to do the research, which we did. And um, we decided that we were going to do the right thing. And we felt that reopening, reopening publicly and showing the world 
a robust safety plan that we put into place that could be copied by anybody, whether it was a, a business, a church, a school. The, the measures that we put into place were so far above and beyond the standard that government had set for safety measures, and they had pr- they've proven to be effective. We wanted to help our community, um, and, and we felt like it was the right thing. You know, it's, you, you can't shut people's lives down and cause the type of damage that the lockdowns have caused whenever you feel like it with very little, with, with very little sound data justifying those choices. We watched Governor Murphy and political leaders all around the country, for that matter, not just governors, but it, it, was, it was a lot of people making decisions based on really sloppy and really weak scientific data um, backed up by a media push. And it's just not fair to the average person because that's who suffers in these cases. And I want to ask you, I mean, one of, with your announcement uh, this week, uh, your one of your one of your opponents in the race said you were you were unelectable. And and look, there's there's some issues that I think are are fair to people to to raise about Ian Smith as a candidate for Congress. I mean, one of them was a was it was it was a tragic situation. You were uh, I guess 15 years ago, you were probably about 20 years old. You were you were driving drunk and you crashed and you you know a 19 year old uh was killed uh now now that you've had time to reflect on this and this is you know this is this is going to be an issue in the campaign so i want to bring it up how do you how do you answer critics who say that that part of your life uh makes you unelectable well i make no excuses for my behavior i never have i never will what happened that day was entirely my fault, and it's, it was inexcusable behavior. I was a young 20-year-old punk who didn't see past the narrow uh, tunnel vision of his own selfishness. And, um, you know, I woke up, actually, uh, to, to clarify details. Uh, I actually didn't drink and drive. I was at my apartment all night, and I woke up the next morning. Um, so I... Never in a million years had I thought at 20 years old that that was something uh, that could happen. But either way, it happened. And I had to learn to live with this because the, the, the pain that I caused other people is immeasurable and it'll never go away for some people. And I can't blame them and I can't be upset with them for saying anything they choose about me. That's something that I brought on myself. But the way I chose to look at it, and I did five and a half years for this, was that when I got out and I had completed my sentence, that I had a duty to live a good life and to try to bring as much positivity and good into the world as I possibly could to, and, and there's no way of ever making it up, but to try and make up for my grave mistakes 15 years ago. And that's something that I carry with me every day. And it's, it's something that's made me who I am. It, it impacts every choice I make um, from that point on. And, and I'm speaking with Republican congressional candidate Ian Smith. Uh, one other issue that's been raised, and, and again, I, I think it's I, I want to ask you about it because I, you know, it's, it's been brought up and I, and I think I think you should comment on it, which is uh, which which is what happened on 9-11. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at a, a, a social media post that you did. Uh, it was last year. And you said never forget 9-11, innocent lives lost. But you 
You said the government has never told us the truth about what happened that day and those who profited from the, the war on terror. What what does that mean? Are you are you are you saying anything other than the fact that that Osama bin Laden and terrorists took down the World Trade Center? No, I'm saying that a healthy skepticism for the government official story is not a bad thing. Our government has a history of lying. Governments around around the world throughout history uh, have a long and extensive history of lying or omitting the truth, and that there's nothing wrong with asking some questions to uh, answers that we haven't gotten. And again, I don't claim to know anything. There's no conclusion uh, in that statement. But I think the skepticism of your people in power and your politicians is something that Americans should uh, do more of, to be honest. You know, we we see political corruption all the time. Um, There's absolutely nothing wrong with asking questions. I think dialogue. But you're not saying this was a conspiracy theory. No, I'm just saying that there's that, that the government should be completely transparent and that it's not. And and, and I'm speaking with with congressional candidate Ian Smith. I, I, this is going by very quickly, and I, I hope we'll, we'll have a chance to talk again soon. But but sure. the the contrast between you and Andy Kim is is stark. I mean, you, you he is he's a straight laced, you know, sort of nerdy. And I personally, I say that as a as a compliment. Uh, nerdy guy, you are, you know, you, you you're 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 a gym owner, and and you know, with you know, beard and bearded and 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 tattooed, and you know. You, you know, neither of you sort of look like what people uh, have expected in a, con- you know, or have seen as a congressman over the years. I mean, you know, both of you, I think, are are fairly authentic. But but why should voters toss Andy Kim out? Why shouldn't he be reelected? Well, I think Andy Kim toes the the party line of um, who is at the helm of our federal government right now, and um, I'm less about left and right as I am uh, about top and bottom. You know, and the federal government is leading us in the wrong direction. I don't think anybody can really put up a good argument uh, otherwise. And Andy Kim has voted along that Nancy Pelosi party line. Um, and we're seeing a lot of fallout from those type of policies. There's America last policies where we're basically printing money. We've gotten to the habit of printing trillions of dollars uh, with stimulus bills. We've normalized that at this point. Um, federal debt is astronomical. We're at 300 or excuse me, $30 trillion dollars. Um, so it's less about Andy's Kim party, and it's more about the establishment and getting back to um, people who actually care about where they're at and aren't in politics for ambitions to climb that ladder. I want to get in. I want to serve my community. I want to do the best to follow uh, the wishes of my constituents. And then I want to get back to my life when I'm done and open the door for the next regular citizen to step up and serve their community. And you are, I mean, you're, you're, you're running in, in a Republican primary. You are, you know, clearly, clearly the 800 pound gorilla in this room is Joe Biden. It, it, I mean, this is, and, and, and I say this every time I speak to a, a, a Republican congressional challenger, uh, pre, you can't deny the, the history here. Presidents, uh, lose members of their party in the Congress in their midterm elections. Is, is, this, is this election as much about Joe Biden as it is about Andy Kim? I think they represent the same thing. Um, and again, I'll, I'll bring that back to this idea of politics as usual and establishment politics. 
Right. I mean, that's which you know, I would I, say, which, it, to, to clarify, which I would say uh, is the 800 pound gorilla in the room. It's the business as usual um, party politics, which I'm not interested in. No, and this is this is going to be an exciting race. And this is, uh, you know, I mean, I, th- I think Democrats did well in redistricting, but but not well enough to to claim this is a safe seat. So there's there's a lot to watch here. But uh, Ian Smith, Republican candidate for Congress, New Jersey's third district. Thank you for joining me. And I hope I hope you'll come back soon. And I hope we'll keep talking about this race. This is one of the, going to be one of the hottest races in New Jersey. Thank you. I uh, I really enjoy the tough questioning. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you very much.